Welcome back, guys. It's Anne Marie and Dr. Jamie with Back by Popular Demand. Dr. Debbie. Woo-hoo. Yay! <laughs> I feel like we're on a vacation together right now. Is that weird? But like, we're not really. I mean, I'll take it. I'll Let's take just a vacation. Pretend we should put one of those backgrounds with the beach behind this. And we can like, all pretend we're laying on the beach somewhere in like Turks and Caicos. It's very fitting for our topic since we're going to be talking about self-soothing, right? Ooh, I mean, I'm the queen of self-soothing. <laughs> I am probably the worst self-soother. Really? So we make a good pair. How do, I would never think that about you. You know, it's funny. I feel like we never talk about your bad habits, except the fact that you use weird coffee creamer. <laughs> Not anymore. Did now you? it's gone. Well, thank I had to break God. up with it. I mean, thank God that's gone. Um, so yeah, I actually would like to hear some of your self-soothing techniques because it would make me feel better about my self-soothing of eating all day long when I'm bored. So am I really bored? Well, let's jump in and talk about how we got here. So um, of course, our episode with you, Dr. Debbie, was super popular. And that's no surprise because we love you. But you put up a post recently that Um, I think it's just a really good topic in in the conversation around beauty and happiness and image and I mean all the things that this podcast continues to cover which is you know being the best version of ourselves but also sort of feeling it and looking it Um, so for anyone that's listening if you haven't go to Dr. Debbie's Instagram which is just Dr. Debbie Maggots and read the post well read all of her posts but specifically read the post on self-soothing and that's sort of how we got here today. So Debbie, I'm gonna have you jump in and just talk to us a little bit about that post in this and then we'll go from there. Great, um, thank you guys. Um, you know, self-soothing comes up a lot when you're a shrink, when you're a psychologist and working with people because, you know, and I have to just give a little background for those who don't really understand how this all works, but you know, you're born as little babies and you have these two parents who are supposed to figure out what you need and soothe your emotional needs. And even if you come from the best parents on the planet, it doesn't go 100% smoothly, right? Because your parents have their own needs and they have their own things that were missing from their childhood. And so, you know, we grow up and, and this is all on a continuum. Some people had parents who met enough of their emotional needs. And then all the way up to the continuum, we have parents who might've been the best parents in the world seemingly, but they weren't able to plug into you emotionally and give you what you needed, right? So I always explain to people that you're then, think of yourself as, as a broad stroke, there's an emptiness underneath your foundation. And then we grow up and we build everything on top of that emptiness. And it's that emptiness that we all have, and we all have some of it, that we go out to the world and try to fill that emptiness, right? And so if you look at people, we're all working and running around and on social media and eating and drinking and having sex and finding relationships and falling in love and buying houses and having babies, right? And that's life and that's good. And that fulfills some of our emptiness, right? But there's a line that we cross. And again, this is on the continuum where people aren't paying attention enough to what the emptiness is and allowing themselves space to know that we're supposed to live with some empty. We're supposed to have some sadness. We're supposed to have feelings other than constantly filling ourselves up and trying to feel good. We're supposed to feel the feelings. 
Yes, my love. Yes, you're supposed to feel the feelings, okay? And what happens is if you bypass that part, that's when we move into, you know, when I talk about addictions, I'm not just talking about drug addicts to the extreme. Anything that you're doing to fill yourself up, to not stop, not take a moment, not feel is an issue, right? And so I try to help people understand the difference between filling yourself up to distract you from the rest of your emotions that you're supposed to be feeling and what's a healthy amount of filling yourself up. And, you know, and that really becomes the barometer of like, how much can you tolerate your own emptiness and sadness that has to exist if you're a human being? We're not supposed to not feel all the time or feel joy all the time. It's just not realistic and it's not true. So I'll stop there because I can keep going and give you a chance to get in, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, when I saw the post, I immediately messaged you because I was like, well, this is definitely a topic that, you know, the underlying deeper issues are rooted in the things that you discuss in your practice. But you can imagine that in mine, I see it every day, right? Because I'm working constantly with people who are just emotionally eating or food soothing or alcohol soothing. And they will, like one of the most common lines I hear is like, I'm not even hungry but I blank, right? Or I know the kitchen's closed. I already had dinner, but at nine o'clock at night, it's like all of a sudden this, whether you want to call it craving or need or rage or internal desire, like people will use different words, but um, they sort of overcome, they, they, they become overcome with this feeling of like they need something. And, you know, I've learned through all the years in my practice that and and some of the work that I've done with you that, you know, this is a form of nurture, right? They're all day, they're go, go, go. They're taking care of everybody, everything, everyone else, every work visit, every, and then all of a sudden that all stops. And now it's 9.30 at night and who's left to be taken care of? And rather than feel the stress, the pain, the sadness, the angst or whatever from the day, we turn to feel with food or sugar or alcohol. And so I see it tremendously over here. Um, and, and so it just resonates a lot with how, you know, a lot of the people listening will say like, I don't understand, like I can be so good all day. I stick to my diet all day, but man, that nighttime comes. That midnight closet eater. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Until everybody's asleep and then, cause it's almost like they're ashamed <laughs> of going to the kitchen at nine o'clock or whenever that is, right? They don't want anybody else to catch them eating the candy mm-hmm. or whatever it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. I go eat it. I, Trust me, I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, so you guys bring up a good point. And Jamie, you said something about, you know, a form of self-nurture. And you and I have discussed this a lot, right? Like some of it can be a form of self-nurture and then it can borderline into distraction from feeling. And it's sort of figuring out where where is that line, you know, and also trying to figure out when are you stuffing your feelings and when are you sort of funneling them into something that soothes you in a more healthy way. Um, you know, I'm just gonna bring Jane, Dr. Jamie into it for a second because, you know, one of the things that I know from Dr. Jamie's childhood is that she was a gymnast and she took some angst of her own childhood and in a very healthy way, self-soothed in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, I have another client that I mentioned in this um, post that he self-soothes because he did it young by reading poetry and allowing himself to feel his emotions through writing, right? So there are healthier ways. That sounds so much healthier. 
Yes. Then shoving yourself with food or alcohol, or even if we're talking about exercise, there are people that are over-exercising. Okay. There's, there's, right, Jamie? Like there's okay. exercising and then there's like, they can't miss a day no matter what's happening with fever, three hours a day. Like it, it you have to, everyone, this is a balance. It's not an all or nothing discussion. It's like, take assessment of your lives and where are you using food like i use food to self-soothe right there are days like i just had a birthday on sunday i ate the most gigantic two cookies shoved with vanilla ice cream that wasn't a distraction from my feelings it was i love sugar and it was soothing to me and joyous versus if i'm feeling lonely and i eat an entire bag of popcorn right because i'm feeling sad like you have to look at the intention behind the action and then you can understand whether it's a distraction or it's soothing right mm. and i'm sure you guys have those examples for yourselves yeah for sure um can you help me to help my clients and and the rest of the world that's listening um for a lot of people when i have this conversation with them they'll say, I wish I knew to even start that thought process. Like, how do you know to start? Where they'll, they're almost, I don't wanna use the word denial because that feels negative, but they're almost so far from feeling that they don't even know how to start this sort of moment of awareness that you're talking about, which is what am I doing? And like, I, I just did a post where I, you know, I encourage people to ask themselves questions like, am I hungry or is this a habit? But for some people, you know, it's not until after the fact. And so are there ways that we as a, as a, as a group of people listening can think about like, how do I start to feel or how do I start to become more aware to even know to ask myself these questions? Well, so there's a couple of answers, but you just answered it partly in your question, right? Um, the process of awareness is first intellectually understanding there's something to understand, right? And then most of the time you don't catch it before, you catch it after, right? So let's just go and then you work your way backwards to, to the awareness. So let's just go with um, the clientele who it's overeating or over drinking, right? So they're coming to you because they're saying, I'm trying to lose weight, I'm good all day, at nighttime I just start eating or I just start drinking, right? So they're aware intellectually there is a, a habit, a behavior in place that is working against them. So what I do with people when I'm working with your clientele or my clientele on the psychological part of this, right? It's not, most people know how to eat, they just can't get this psychological thing going, is if you know that this is a behavior that you're doing, before you do it, even if you end up eating it or taking the drink, take a beat and say, what's going on for me? I'm about to do another behavior that I do every single day that I know I'm trying to change. And then you start to work backwards. Anyone who's ever been in therapy or therapy with me knows, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a good week in my practice this week because there are breakthroughs of like, we've spoken about things intellectually over and over again. And then one day someone says, oh my God, I felt it. I felt what you've been talking about all this time. And that's where the real change happens. But we have to start somewhere. So you start intellectually and behaviorally and work backwards. I like that. I like things that start intellectually. Yes, <laughs> yes, you do. You're not alone in that. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. Um, I think it's I think it's really important. I think, you know, Emory, you and I have talked about this just in in different ways. I mean, 
that you'll see it with your friend group and people who, you know, soothe in ways and, and how you'll do it or how I'll do it. So, um, you know, I wish we had a, I guess it wouldn't be a podcast if it was live where we were taking people's questions in, because I think what we would see is that, you know, there's so many shared experiences here in the world. And, and Dr. Debbie, you just gave some of your own, you know, personal identification between what it felt to nurture yourself with things that feel good and moments of when it's like, this doesn't feel good. This popcorn isn't feel good, but it's, it's a loneliness. And, um, and we all have those, but I think, you know, the example is so powerful to be able to say that, I don't know that I've thought about it, like that there's a good way and there's a bad way, right? There's, it's okay to soothe and it's okay to nurture. Um, it's more of the awareness of the when and the why. Well, I think the big thing is that, I mean, what I'm getting out of all of this and what I get out of both of you is, is always finding the middle ground. It's like never, ever being one way or the other. Because then what most people tend to do is that they become obsessed with either way. Either they're using the food to self-soothe or they're obsessing with not using the food to self-soothe. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you, it's such a weird, and it's happened to me in the past where I'm like, why am I eating the sweets now? Like, why? Like, mm -hmm. stop. But then that becomes the obsession of mm -hmm. the why, mm -hmm. right? And obviously, as I'm learning, you know, working with you, Dr. Debbie, and you know, talking, it's like understanding where that craving is coming from. I'm not talking about the physical craving. I'm no. talking about the mental craving. Yes. Because you know? I genuinely know I am not hungry. I yes. just, I, and maybe part of it, it's the like of, I always say I like crunchy things. I like yes. the crunch. Yes. I like crunching on things. I like chewing on things. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if somewhere in my, childhood i have some trauma <laughs> well if you do we're gonna figure that we're out we're gonna figure it out <laughs> don't you I'm worry gonna, listen i'm open about it all like i don't have secrets i like i tell people i'm like i talk to people i need help i have this right like i am super honest like i am not perfect and i'm not trying to be perfect yeah at all like that is not my goal i just want to be the best version of myself that can mm -hmm. then be a, the best version to humanity, including yes. you know, my family so, and my friends. Dr. Debbie, that brings up, as Amory is talking, I'm, I'm sort of, I mean, my brain is always operating at, at sort of the, the level of like, what does this mean and where do we go? And one of the questions that just came up for me as she's talking is, um, in the context of alcohol, food, sugar, can you talk on, I hope maybe, a little bit between a differentiation between soothing and addiction yeah well that's I, I i hit on it a little bit at the intro but um so addiction is an extreme form of distraction from your feelings you know i think this might be a better way to say it look at the outcome of the behavior that you're doing right if you're soothing there's not a bad outcome or a, a detrimental outcome to you. If you're distracting, there typically is, right? There's 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 the down after the soothing, right? So again, uh, if in a severe addiction, if you're talking drugs or alcohol or you know even overeating sugar or popcorn, right? Like when I have done that, I don't feel well, and then there's a down after it. So that wasn't soothing; that was distracting. When you have soothed yourself you feel good, right? Interesting. That's a good way to differentiate. Yes. Yes. 
How how long does that suit supposed to last? Until 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 the next episode. Because I know that people are like, oh wait, so like how long? You know, because I can I can preempt all the questions already. You know, because yes. I talk about these things all the time, and you know, mm-hmm. I I had the conversation about the you know, am I hungry or am I bored? You know, which I think bored is like. To me, it's the same as an emotional need. Well, bored is, is getting in touch with the empty. Because yeah. if you're bored, that means you're not filling yourself for that moment, and you don't allow the space to just not fill. Yeah. You know, like, oh, listen. You know, Anne Marie, you were talking about you're not perfect. No, no one's perfect. You know, especially as a shrink. You know, people think because I'm a shrink, I have it all covered. Um, <laughs> I have the awareness piece covered, and I certainly know where I need to go. But I get stuck in things. I have issues. I have feelings, right? So, like, I'm actually going through something right now, which the, the details don't matter. But this morning, I woke up. And I didn't eat sugar. I worked out and I meditated and I processed. And so that was self-soothing versus distracting. Where there are other times where I'm going through something, it's right to the you know scrimmaging through a thing of ice cream for the chips to soothe, right? Like, but one feels good and I feel energized and I feel more clear, and one doesn't Do in you, the aftermath. Yeah. Do you think? I mean, they might, this might be a hard question to answer, but do you think Americans self-soothe more with food than other cultures? Um, I mean, I can't know for sure, but I'm gonna say no. Okay. I'm gonna, I, you know, I, you know, listen, I'm, I'm an American. Yeah. I do have European parents. I've traveled. I've talked to many different people. I think we have more in common than not. Okay. We do. Yeah, because I don't know. I think about it because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, we have like the worst eating habits and our portions and our this. And then I think like you go to Italy or France or you're like, everybody's drinking and smoking. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm like, I don't know what's worse. I mean, I don't think like it's one versus the other. But yeah, there are some habits that are worse, you know, for sure. And again, you're looking for the motivation behind it. Bad eating habits or different kinds of foods is not what we're talking about. We're talking about what you're doing with those different foods, right? Like, are yeah. you eating because you're having a lunch or you're having an occasion or you're eating because you feel horrible lonely bored depressed angry right like those are the distinctions you want to make yeah but usually when you're doing those things you're not doing it with lettuce <laughs> right. right you're not self-soothing with lettuce <laughs> or green no juice. you're not self-soothing with lettuce that although is- although i could argue that i probably have a few self-soothers with lettuce but it's it's a roundabout way to restrict their food, which is how they soothe, right? So they'll yes. just eat a ton of lettuce because it's a lettuce and this way they don't have to eat real food and that helps them soothe. That's, a different, they... that's a different issue. Or, yeah, no. But it's all related, yeah, of course. Yes. Or I know many people, and I'm sure I've shared some of them with Dr. Jamie, that because they're only eating healthy when they're in a binge mode of self-soothing, they'll eat the healthy foods, but they'll eat all of it at one time, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, I see those people every day. Every day, yes. Yeah. That mm-hmm. they, they're not taking, you know, the pizza or the ice cream or the whatever. They're taking the, you know, whatever, the almond butter, but they're eating a ton of it. Yeah. So I guess the moral is that no matter what you're self-soothing with, you are trying to avoid 
finding that emotion and Bingo. understanding the emptiness mm-hmm. and it's hard though i mean i'm not gonna lie it's hard to figure that shit on your own yes, yes. like yes. hello i'm yes. 39 years old and i'm still trying to figure it out and i have the two of you i we mean what are normal are. people supposed to do we are all figuring it out debbie and myself included there are things yeah. that in i don't know that we'll ever stop figuring out ourselves and our awareness and who we are because i think we're constantly changing as as humans and in the challenges that we face yes and old things will always resurface even if they don't resurface for a long time they're in there they're sleeping and something new happens in your life that you have to um contend with old things will always resurface so it's a constant it's a constant paying attention to yourself which is you know it never ends until the, I guess, I don't know, I, maybe it ends when we, we're no longer here or maybe it doesn't, <laughs> whatever you believe. But while we're on earth as human beings in this body, it's a forever gig and it never ends. You have to be vigilant about who you are and what your sand traps are. Yeah. So and we don't all have the same ones. No, as we very much know. <laughs> yes. We really don't, but we yes. all do have them. Yes. And, you know, everyone needs to take stock of where they're self-soothing versus distracting. If they're giving themselves a minute to deal with themselves, how is it impacting them, their lives, their bodies, you know, and, and then take it from there and sort of identify what they need to try to shift. Yeah. So I think the the tagline or the, the take home is probably a better word for people listening is that, you know, we all need a pause button. And in that pause is the moment to think about, you know, the intellect is obviously there ahead of time, like you, like you mentioned, um, but sometimes we forget to push pause to be able to actually let it sink in, let it resonate, right? So to anybody listening, like the, the take home here is like, give yourself five seconds, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, however long to say, you know, what, what is it that I'm doing? You know, Debbie, I think you actually put me onto this a very, very long time ago. And, um, it's a quote by Viktor Frankl, where he says, you know, um, between it's not essentially, he's saying that like between action and reaction, there's a space. Mm -hmm. And in that space is our opportunity to learn. It's our, it's where our power lies. Right. And and that's not the exact quote, but basically the idea of the quote is that we're all going to experience things and we're all going to have a reaction. But if we can find the space between what we're experiencing and be aware of it, and then, you know, use that to that awareness to understand the reaction, that's where the growth and the power lies, regardless of whether the reaction is still eating the bag of popcorn or not eating it. There's, there's a tremendous amount of nurture fulfillment growth awareness in that space yes that's very well said by him and by you yeah that's that's exactly it and even and again like you just said i just want to highlight it even if you then do the action you've gotten yourself yourself one step closer to one day not doing the action and that's how you build awareness you know the one thing my clients always say is how do you listen to me week after week it's the same thing it's the same thing i'm like it's process we'll get there and then one day it's different right you can't go from a to z in a minute you you have to let it open up and unfold and eventually you have enough awareness where the behavior shifts so if someone's listening right now i just i I know the kind of questions that come up i I think that 
let's use an example. Somebody's mm -hmm. listening and they're like, so is my glass of wine every night after dinner a self-soothing? Like, where maybe, do you, maybe. Where, like, where do you see it like being like an okay thing mm -hmm. versus self-soothing in one glass? Well, self-soothing is a good thing. It's the distraction that we're trying to get away from, right? So if they're, if someone's having a glass of wine every night because they're so stressed out and their day was so crazy and they need to, you know, they can't wait to get to that glass of wine to put the kids away, like, I would question what they're not dealing with, right? Okay. Um, and, and again, I, you know, this is a tough thing. I don't want anyone to think like it's not okay to have a glass of wine. No, night. no, no, it's not. It's not. I'm just like, I think it's one yeah. of those things where like, it's, it's a conversation like, you know, yes. it's a typical topic and it's such yes. a like, you hear so many people like, oh, I can't wait for my glass of wine tonight after dinner when the kids are sleeping. So yeah. again, we're, there's no yeah. judgment. Like if you didn't give yeah. me a headache, I would have one every night. So. Yes, it's not. It's about everyone needs to self-assess like what's motivating that glass of wine. Is it because they're enjoying themselves or is it because they, yeah. they're trying to take get taken out of the life that something's making them unhappy, right? Yeah. Like it's not cookie cutter. It's not not everybody shouldn't be drinking a glass of wine at night and some people shouldn't be drinking a glass of wine at night like it just depends yeah. on what yeah it, the question everyone listening has to ask is what is the motivation behind my action what there you go. is fueling why i'm doing what i'm doing and if you are honest with yourself and it's fueling not wanting to deal with something then it's an unhealthy distraction I'm going to leave that's it. That's it. That's like that. I mean, <laughs> mic drop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was another amazing episode, which I now need to listen to like five times because that's the way that yeah, I process. Yeah, me too. I feel like this is a free therapy session. <laughs> there you go. I'm happy to give it. Yes. Oh, right. Let's hope that it, it's that therapeutic for everyone listening. So Dr. Debbie, thank you again so much for just for coming on and being who you are in the world. And for everybody listening, please go read her post on self-soothing because it's the perfect place to start and then read all the other posts. And then read all and the other follow. posts. Spend yes. your whole day doing it. Yes. And follow and send questions and to be continued. To be continued. Guys. Thank you.